You've tuned into the Are You Screening podcast, originally live and an effort to bring you instant reactions to films. We try to stick to that theory and bring you unedited, unfiltered, and largely off-the-cuff opinions of movies, along with interviews, industry news, and hopefully a lot more. Thanks for listening, and let's get right to this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Are You Screening podcast. I'm your host, AreYouScreening.com's own Mark Eastman. And with me, as always, is co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And uh, this week, we're, uh, I guess, stabbing ourselves in the foot with in it. Uh, Ambulance and uh, All the Old Knives, which yeah. uh, All the Old Knives is... It's Amazon. Right? Amazon. Uh, yeah. It came out on... Uh, it's an Amazon release. And you know, I, I mean... Dude. These days, it's like I'm I'm watching so many different services. Yeah, right. Like all day, yeah. all the time. I'm like, what was that on? Right. I mean, I don't necessarily. Well, this is. I mean, this was only mildly amusing because we don't we don't subscribe to everything. So every once in a while, there's stuff that you cover or we're told to see that I just right, right. I have to wait or I have to go to somebody else's house. When you uh, when you reminded me that this was out, you said Netflix. So I'm like, okay, oh, you know. So yeah, I sat yeah. down. And I fired up Netflix and I'm looking for it and I'm looking for it. And I'm like, well, it's new. So why isn't it in the new? Right. I'm like, all right, sometimes Netflix is just <laughs> Netflix. So I start typing it in, okay, in the search. And in the search, um, I didn't type, I just started typing old knives. Right. And in the upper left hand corner, there's a box that says all the old knives. And in the list, it says all the old knives. So I click it and it goes, not available. <laughs> Right. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you're telling me you have a title, right. but I can't watch it. That's bull. I mean, they should like, just that's, tell that's you insanely where it bull. is. Right, it should just be that. If Netflix really was cool, they would just say, so it, hey, this is on Amazon. Right, it's on Amazon. I mean, how's it hurt them? Really? It doesn't, it doesn't sting them at all. You, right? you know, but I just thought, how weird is it that they had a spot for it? Yeah, they do that with everything. Do they? they? they have, that's the first time that's ever happened. Yeah, they, you've to just... Me. You've just never searched for anything no. before that you knew wasn't on Netflix. Well, that's or whatever. true. I have, but they do that all. I won't. They I have won't, that for everything. I'm not pimping. I always tell you I've got all these weird apps that tell me if there's stuff at the end and all these. I've right. got an. I've got the easiest app that if I just tell it a title, it tells me where it's on right, right. Apple, Hulu, Voodoo, whatever. I usually just look at that and like, right. okay, where am I going? Okay, right. Let's go to Prime. Right. I didn't look at that. I looked at you and then <laughs> you I got, I got, Netflix, I got down right. that rabbit hole. So it was funny. Well, yeah. And, uh, throwing out random thoughts and ideas, uh, you can find this all over the place, but mm -hmm. when, uh, you can find that on our website too, whenever, uh, oh, whatever, yeah. whatever review we have or something at the bottom oh, cool. of the review, uh, it says <clears throat> where, you, where on. you can get it. Yeah. yeah nice. Uh, all right, so we got uh, Ambulance and the Old Knives. Before we jump into the movies and uh, hate on Michael Bay for a while, <laughs> uh, I did want to run through like uh, you know some of what's coming up uh, because we're in a weird oh, right. we're in a weird spot in the year where there are really big things. Yeah, but there are also uh, some weeks where there's nothing that great, and I, I know all of you listening are not going to two or three movies a week. Yeah, and you're uh, you're pacing yourselves for whatever the big thing is. So uh, coming up this week is Fantastic Beasts and yeah. Father Stew, the Mark right. Wahlberg movie where yeah. it's you know based on a true story <laughs> and it's uh, this you know I don't even know right if you so, believe some the, criminal type guy if you believe the trailer who, right 
who then becomes a priest right. and you know i don't uh, like what's the plot I'm and not, not at a really joke sure, like right? he has like no. a you know yeah and uh hilarity ensues and uh and then uh so the talk now is that mark Wahlberg is like semi-retiring from making movies and he is huh. a, and you know i don't know how how much this will actually pan out in the future um Except that he's selling his like fifty million dollars house saw that. or whatever. It's like an eighty-seven million dollars um, place. Amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but the theory is that he is uh, semi-retiring. Uh, I don't know. This is this is the claim I hear. Right. And like I said, in two years he might be in right. ten more movies. Who knows? Yeah. Um, and he's uh, gonna kind of make more uh, like you know, faith based movies and stuff. And here we go. I don't, I don't think he's going like, you know, Kirk Cameron because I was just going to say, because I don't think that he is actually like that hardcore about it. He's, he's like semi hardcore about it and wants to be more semi hardcore, but I don't, you know, whatever. (laughs) So, so like this movie itself is kind of in the wheelhouse of semi-faith based oh. <laughs> kind of an idea right yeah. um but it's not you know something you'd see kurt cameron in, right, <laughs> it's right. not like uh anyway um it, it's more of a willie ames <laughs> where, where i he, know that name where i mean i know he, who willie is too. where where he does he he did for a while do like your faith based no, things I know. but they're not crazy right you're hitting the bottom of what i assume is our listenership barrel like if (laughs) if most people out there know who willie ames is is, willie ames is i would be happily surprised yeah i don't know who knows um anyway so that's our tangent there the week after that is the northman which uh, everybody says is awesome people yeah and uh, from what I've heard, uh, first of all, it's awesome, and it's uh, Eggers, yeah, who makes crazy <laughs> cool movies, yeah. Uh, so you never know. There, it's got like a huge cast, but also what I hear is that you know it's really pushing the R, yeah, like it is, yeah. hard, violent, really and gory, really and dialed in, freaky, and yeah. like how'd they get R? Right. Like, that's what that's <laughs> yeah. what I've heard some people say. And if you, you know, there's R and then there's R, right? right. So, right. you know, there's R that, you know, you could take your 14-year-old to. Or right, because it's just Because it's language. like, ah, they cuss a little it's bit. It's just or, You know, language. whatever. They, right. They're smoking and they cuss yeah, and whatever, yeah, right. and now it's R. This one, man, right. do not take the wrong person to this one because it's, <laughs> it's, pretty close it's to the Vikings MC. and apparently uh-huh. a little freaky at times. Cool. And then uh, you've also got that same week, uh, The Bad Guys, which is uh, oh, yeah. the new, it's DreamWorks, I'm pretty sure, yeah. animated movie. And uh, The Unbearable Light of Massive Talent, yeah. which is Nicolas Cage somehow sort of playing himself. It's his uh, John Malkovich uh, role. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like, um, in in a way, sort of John Malkovich, but it's also like uh, there was that TV JCVD. there was that oh. TV show. Sorry, I thought you were going to say John JCVD, uh, and I I can't remember what it is. There's uh, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but there's this uh, TV show where Matt LeBlanc played Matt LeBlanc. Oh yeah, right. uh, except that he was a very it fictionalized. Was, it was a version of him, jerk. Yeah, uh, Matt LeBlanc, and. 
this is more right. like that. Not that he's necessarily a jerk, but, no, but he a, is playing Nicolas Cage, but like kind of a fictionalized, right. uh, whatever his personality is like is, you know, yeah. kind of made up or whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, but it looks really cool. Then, I hope that's good. Then you got uh, on May 6th, Doctor Strange. Man, that seems like that's coming real fast. It kind of does, but I don't know. Um and and it's not too long. Uh, it's like July eighth. You got Thor, which right. is like Thor. Yeah. Whatever. I don't right. know. Thor ten. The reckoning. I don't. I don't know what it is. <laughs> right. Light and it's thunder like, or some uh, love and thunder. Yeah. Whatever. Um. Some crazy Thor movie. Mm-hmm. Um. But anyway, then on uh, May 29th is uh, the new Top Gun movie. Supposedly. Well, yeah. Whatever. <clears throat> I mean. They got to release it. it sometime. It's getting a little close to they, keep to right. keep changing more. But yeah, uh, and then on June tenth is the new Jurassic World movie. Yeah, and on uh, the seventeenth is the Lightyear, which yeah. seems crazy and awesome. But I'll tell you, for a Pixar movie, it looks to me watching the trailers like it could go either way. Mm-hmm. Like I that could end, and I could hate it, right. and and I wouldn't be surprised. Which right. I don't think I would ever say about any other Pixar movie. No, right? I know. It could be awesome. Yeah. It, uh, I don't, there's nothing about the trailer that makes me know for sure. Right. That it's going to, that I'm going to go, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Anyway, you got that. And then on uh, June 24th is the black phone. Yep. Which is, uh, Christ, what's his name? Um, Ethan Hawk. Yeah, Ethan Hawk is uh, some weird serial killer, and there's like a magic phone involved. Yep. I don't know, and uh, and it looks creepy and cool, but also crazy and like some '80s CW movie, <laughs> <laughs> like it, like it's everything. Yeah. in that movie. Anyway, so uh, that stuff is coming up. And uh, like I said, we're going to do uh, Ambulance and All the Old Knives. And I think we'll do All the Old Knives first. Um, that's because- a pretty good calendar, too, by the way. It, like that, it that's, got me, that's got me pretty psyched. It is a good calendar, especially for the big things. Yeah. Uh, the problem is, is that all of, uh, except <clears throat> for like, um, I mean, there's a couple. In two weeks, when you got like the Northman sure. and the Nicolas Cage movie and the animated movie. Yeah. You have like a few things that people are going to go to, but a lot of those weeks and a lot of the whole time frame, yeah. right? Like the second and third movies are a little yeah. like, I don't want to compete with, right. you know, the Marvel <laughs> right. movie or the yeah. Top Gun. And right. so there's there's nothing really interesting coming out, mm-hmm. which on the one hand is kind of cool because all those second movies will get more time to run. Right. So that's good. Yep. Uh, but on the other hand, it's like, you know, you're going to have like Dr. Strange and Thor and they're going to make like a yeah. hundred million or right. assuming that things keep progressing, they're going to have really good weekends. But you know, the second movie every week is right. going to make 5 million right. again. And it's, <laughs> and so just hearing you rattle those off, you know, there's a couple things, but it just forget, forget COVID, forget anything else. It just sounds like a summer calendar. Right. Like that's, right. that's why I like summer films. They, they're just popcorn eating. They're machines, just crazy so, and fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, you know, it, it's an interesting week with these two movies, I think, because um, just because the directors, you've got the, the 
exact opposite yeah. of directors, right? <laughs> right. And uh, so, you know, I'll spoil this ahead of time, right? I hate Michael Bay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and and we'll talk a little bit about the movies he's made and why he's awful. But um, the, the flip side to him is uh, really Janice Metz, who made all the old knives. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, this movie sucks too, but... Uh, <laughs> But he is, so he's a guy who like, you know, he, he's almost like the old school of becoming a director, you know, like he chipped away, he made some short films, Uh, you know, he did a little bit of this and that here and there trying to kind of make a name for himself. Then he did that armadillo movie that really got him a bunch of attention where it's like the real documentary kind of thing of the Danish soldiers, you know, going into war whatever. And he goes with them and everything. And that got him like a name, right? Right. I mean, that got some attention, even though it was a little goofy, I thought. Um, Yeah. But it was, uh, it was like a big deal. And, and then he did Borg and Borg versus McEnroe, which is a, is a weirdly goofy movie, but it's not his fault. Um, did you see that one? I didn't. So, uh, I mean, I, you, it's one of those... I heard it was worth seeing. It, it's one of those movies where it's kind of pretty good, just like, you know, you like the Formula One racing movie yeah. where you're like, I don't care about Formula One racing yeah. at all. Right. And yet they made it into something interesting. Yeah. Or, you know, like the, um, you know, the Christian Bale... Uh, oh yeah, Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah, same thing. Like, where I don't. You might not, not care car about cars or whatever. And damn yet, watchable. And yet the movie, you know, was yeah. really good. And so for a lot of people, this is the same thing, right? Like you might not care about tennis. You might care about eighties tennis, <laughs> I guess. Right. right. Um, but you might not care about tennis. But the story is pretty good in a similar way. Except, man, let me tell you, uh, Shia LaBeouf is not Matt Damon or Christian Bale. Right. <laughs> and, and he's just, uh, I personally think, right? Yeah. Uh, he's just awful in this movie. Oh, it's, it's hard to watch him in that. The movie is pretty good. The director is, you know, doing right. his job doing, and everything. Yeah. But, man, he just seemed like he was doing, like, the weirdest caricature of John McEnroe, who mm. already is kind of a living caricature, uh, right? Right. right. And it was, I don't know, it was a little goofy. Um, but now he's got uh, all the old knives. And, uh, you know, like I said, chipping away, making a name for himself, getting a little bit bigger <laughs> movies, getting yeah. bigger people in right. movies and all that stuff. Michael Bay, on the other hand, right, right, uh, started out directing music videos. Yep. And, and really, in like from 90 to like 92... I think he directed like literally every, every music one, video. Right, they all looked out. like it. Yeah, uh, he he directed so many music videos; it's like insane, mm-hmm. especially for like 1990. And you know, then he just knows everyone in the business, right. and you know, I, I actually have no idea about his personal life, like pre starting to be a director, or like where he came from, or who he already knew, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then and so then he got Bad Boys. Right. Like that's his. That's his first movie, right? And so Michael Bay, you know, in direct opposite land of, uh, of, Janice, of Metz. Janice Metz or yeah. anyone else, you know, whatever. <laughs> like uh, anyone else who, you know, kind of comes up slowly through the ranks of being nobody. Right. I mean, all he has done really 
is get attached to movies that didn't make a damn bit of difference who the director was. That movie was going to make a bunch of money. Bad Boys was going to make money, right? Yeah. You got uh, Will Smith at uh, almost the height of Will Smithness, right? You know, um, and and just the whole thing of that movie. That movie was going to make money, right? And then he made The Rock, which didn't make as much money, but was kind of like a big deal. But it had a bunch of names in it. It Again, it, it was going to do as good as it did. Right. Didn't matter that he was directing it. And then he gets Armageddon, which exactly the same thing. Right. Yeah. Anyone, could, Bob from Craft Services <laughs> could direct it. It was going to make the same amount of money. Yeah. And, and then Pearl Harbor, Bad Boys 2. Right. And then he makes The Island. Right. And it's garbage. <laughs> and he's garbage directing it. And it didn't have the same sort of thing where everyone was going to see that no matter what. Right. And no, and, and nobody, nobody went to see it. Right. And everyone hated it. And it didn't matter because he already was Michael Bay. He right. do whatever he want. And then he gets Transformers. Like, it mattered who directed Transformers. It right. might have mattered kind of who directed Transformers in the critical reviews afterwards when everyone said, the hell's with Michael Bay right. and the Camerabatics <laughs> and all the, you know, right. people were giving him crap about it. But it didn't make any difference for how much money it made, right? right. It was going to make the exact same amount of money. Right. And then he spends, you know, that was 07. We got to 07 with Transformers. Yeah. And then he spends like the next 10 years directing a whole slew of Transformers movies. Yeah. Which, you know, all critics universally hate, right. but make the same keep amount of money. money. Right. <laughs> they just keep making money. And in between, he throws in like Pain and Gain. Right. Which is, you know, not completely horrible, but has Mark Wahlberg has, yeah, you know, rock, yeah. and the same with the Island, right? It's got names in it and, and pain and gain. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it wasn't, I think, I feel like that's maybe like his least horrible movie for me. Like I, I was just going to ask you, what's your pain favorite and gain? Okay. Yeah. Right? Uh, I certain, we certainly not, that. certainly not because of who directed it or anything like that. No, right? it was just, but yeah, but it was an okay movie, but didn't make any money. Right. It didn't, Right, get anything Didn't, out of yeah. being a Michael Bay movie or having Mark Wahlberg, and then uh, Thirteen Hours, which nobody cared oh, yeah, about. Right. Nobody cared that Michael Bay directed it and right. didn't do anything. And uh, and then all the way to nineteen, you got Six Underground with Ryan Reynolds on streaming, <laughs> and and st so it didn't have the box office thing. Right, but you know. I don't remember anybody caring that that came out either. Like it's, it's yeah. not a thing. And now ambulance. Right. And, and like I said, all during this time, there's a transformers movie coming out every yeah, right. other year, or, right. You know, whatever. And, uh, and all that. And now Michael Bay is Michael Bay. Right. Right. Being done <laughs> anything ever except direct movies that were going to make money no matter who directed it. Yeah. That's like his whole gig. Anyway, all right, so uh, that's enough bagging on him. All right, all the old knives <laughs> will actually like get to a movie. So uh, this is um, Chris Pine and Dandy Newton uh, and their spies, and uh, it's like kind of an old school, almost like spy kind of movie. Yeah. Um, you know, in a way that is sort of similar to a few movies that have come out over the last 
five to 10 years, maybe where every once in a while they make a spy movie that, you know, is not Jason Bourne is not mission impossible. Act, no, no bond. It's yeah. like, right. You know, Tinker Taylor soldier spy or, yeah. uh, Every other movie Benedict Cumberbatch is in. <laughs> That's not a Marvel movie. That's actually really funny. Uh, like some sort of like it's really slow, yeah. almost like Cold War-ish. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's not full of action. It's just like all the, oh, I don't know who to trust and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So this is like sort of in that realm, except that it's even like less. I think, you know, then, then those, it's movies. more reserved. It's like so than even slow. Those. Yeah. It's <laughs> like a movie made almost specifically just to be like played at the old folks home. Right. I was or just say, it's, right? it's yeah. like, it's for your parents, a your much older audience yeah. because it's just so slow. And frankly, everything is telegraphed uh, a million miles away until you get to the end, which negates the whole movie. Right. <laughs> Which really <laughs> threw me. And it wasn't the, the whole run of the movie. It wasn't that great. But then there's like the big reveal at the end and you go, what? Mm. I don't know. It's anyway. So um, I gave this one a three. Um, That's what I thought. Because I would have given this one about maybe six. Mm-hmm. And then the end just negated the whole movie. Mm. But, uh, but as you're watching the movie, it isn't really bad. Chris Pine at times is interesting uh, to watch. And, you know, getting the story is not terrible. I felt like it was still too long, even though it wasn't very long. But there there were lots of parts of it where I'm like... Yeah, it drags. And, like, Mm -hmm. um, almost as though this is a movie that demands... You know, like you watch it while you're doing something else so that you didn't miss anything right. <laughs> because it's like it's really slow and draggy. And uh, and I thought Thandie Newton, who I usually really like, uh, seemed, uh, you know, I don't bored by being in it or something like she just didn't seem like she was trying to sell me anything. She, yeah. was, she was just going, I don't know. Here's my lines. Right. And. And, uh, you know, so far I have really liked her ever since, you know, she kind of took off with Westworld and stuff. I mean, I think that she's uh, good and she's an interesting actress and everything, but I don't know. Chris Pine for me was a lot more engaging, even though neither of them were particularly engaging. But anyway, so that's me. I gave it a three. <laughs> it's funny. It's good sometimes to hear a lot of echoed things. Cause I was trying to remember everything I wanted to say about it, even though it doesn't really, it doesn't really do anything worthy of all the things I want to say. It's one of those films that's actually sort of strangely more fun to talk about than it was to watch. Yeah. I gave it a three and a half. I was, I was pretty much right where you were. The end is just sort of weirdly convoluted. The film, it's just, it's so weird that it, it genuinely felt pretentious to me. It really did think that what it was doing was beyond what it was ever going to ever achieve. Not because it was trying to like make me believe of a murder mystery on Mars. So here's all the special effects. Like it's really just mostly a conversation between two former lovers, two former coworkers 
in a restaurant from 20 years ago. Yeah. It was 20 years ago that the incident happened. And and what it does is, you know, it pulp fictions, everything. It tells the story out of order with weird flashbacks to reveal something that was so traumatic that I'm supposed to believe everything that they're doing in the story is bigger than what it is. The film for me does a lot of telling and not much showing, you know, there's they walk around all the time when pine finds Newton or is sent after Newton, and again, there's other, I mean, this is not just some weird thing that they're in for some strange thing. Larry Fishburne's in it. Uh, Jonathan Price is in it. Like, oh, yeah, you yeah. know, I start seeing faces right. in this, and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. And I forget that the streaming services are actually producing movies now. So I'm, I'm sort of getting into this. And there was a moment where the film more or less had me, though I realized how... I realized the speed limit of the movie was probably going to be 15 miles an hour. Right. You know, even when it was going downhill. Like like you said, you nailed every part of it. It's just slow moving. It's not quite art house cinema, but it really is for your parents or your grandparents who just don't understand Marvel movies and they don't want to see something like The Irishman. They don't want to see something really long, but they just want to see a new movie. Right. Okay. Hour and 40 minute noir like kind of thriller. Here we go. <clears throat> So it's kind of hard to get amped up for a film that, you know, anchors a bunch of the spy story around two former people who are trapped, not trapped, they're, they're confined in this restaurant and there's no chemistry between them at all. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't actually know, you know, if that's their version of we're former lovers, so we have to be sort of cautious and cold. I, I agree. Chris Pine and former spies, so and who former knows spies. What's happen so maybe at any we're moment. maybe we're sure. playing everything out, and that that onion layer of wishful thinking and what their story could do, even in the hands of actors who are very talented, just doesn't work. Right? It doesn't work here at all. Chris Pine, I thought, was mostly good in a way that. I find Chris Pine to be very watchable in most things. I, I don't always like the roles he's in. Like, I hate Captain Kirk. Not as a character. Him as Captain Kirk. I don't even hate him as Captain Kirk, but I loathe J.J. Abrams' version of his Captain Kirk. Right. And he's just doing his job. Because I see him in all kinds of other roles, and I'm like, wow, man, you're you're a good actor. You know, right. you can actually do things. I think you pigeonhole yourself because you're a young, handsome guy, so you're going to get, you know, the Jack Ryan roles a lot. Okay, but... You know, he's here and he's doing his job. Thandie Newton, I haven't seen Westworld, so maybe I'm wrong. You know, I've always thought she had like the emotional range of a pet rock. <laughs> like she's just there because she's not an unattractive person. And I'm sure she's probably talented in something, but I don't think acting is it. She's just there looking at the camera, reading her lines and she looks interesting. Yeah, she certainly is in this. You know, and, and in this, in this, I'm watching this, I'm like, this is almost proof positive of everything I've ever said about her. Like, see, look at this. You know, right. but I've never seen anything where she really excelled at. I feel like I would call it fair if I did, but I just haven't. So I'm watching her and I'm like, come on, come on. Like, step up one emotion, whether it's longing or regret or infatuation or fear or cunning. Just show me something other than... Uh, uh, right. You know, so when the mystery stuff is playing out, it's only vaguely interesting to me. When the romance stuff is playing out in the present, it's not at all interesting. Right. Seeing them working each other in the past, 
wasn't that interesting to me. It reminded me of, you know, one of my favorite films that does what this film is trying to do is ages old now. It's one of Kevin Costner's earliest films, No Way Out. That movie is incredibly thoughtful and layered, and you don't know what the hell is going on until the end, and then you're like, what? Oh, my God. Right. This, two more two more quick things that bug the hell out of me. These These facilitated forced attempts to convey some weird emotion by these strange close-ups on eyes right. all the time. Give me a break. Right. Give and, me a break. Uh, even when they're uh, and that and when they're in the restaurant, all of the different angles we have to see them one. sitting right. at the table from right. is at some point you're like, hey, wait, we're just, we just have a lot of cameras. Right. And, and we're going to use them or whatever. That and the one thing, because it, it sometimes... I just pick up on it and then I feel like I can't stop hearing it. There was one song in the whole movie and they played it all the time. Right. And I don't mean it was like you're trapped in an elevator with the music going on, you know, repeat. I mean, one three minute song and a version of it was always being played. And the thing that bugged me the most is once I paid attention to it, every single time there was a moment between the two of them in the now moment and they were supposed to be having some heartfelt reckoning about what happened between them right it's the same like 15 notes and i'm like give hit next on the cd player and do something (laughs) i she you know there's this big there's this big thing and they all they all i started laughing at the movie if you've ever seen the airplane films you know they always talk about uh in the second film they're like you know macho grande is this event that happened and this weird allusion to it they keep talking about Flight 127. Right. And they talk about it so much and they talk about it so much. And Chris Pine and other characters at some point in the film all comment on Celia, which is Thandie Newton's character, how she got out. She got out of the agency. She got out clean. And I'm like, actually, no, she didn't. No one would have ever gotten out clean if a agent leaves after a botched terrorist hijacking of a plane that resulted in everyone dying and then suddenly we think you know something might have happened and she's just gone and she decides she just wants to she didn't get out clean so the film wants to be smarter than it's ever trying to produce as far as narrative and in the end all of it swirled up into this bad ending that i'm like well the hell with this right and then I was done, but I was already done and, with the film And anyway. so uh, speaking of things like uh, the writing and how it seems kind of pretentious and all that stuff, it's based on a book and the screenplay mm-hmm. is by that person. That guy. Uh, the, yeah. the author of right. the book. So, it, you know, if there's a bit of over love for the material, you it, know, that makes sense. It's because, right? yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to completely spoil the movie or anything, but... Uh, so I do want to say, like, the first half hour of the movie, I actually really it's fine. liked. Yeah. The first it's half hour, up. I was like, hey, we're, you know, this is something. Yeah. This, this could be some sort of Benedict Cumberbatch, <laughs> you know, spy <laughs> movie or whatever. Yeah. Um, it was, it was really, it, you know, not maybe the first five minutes because I didn't love no, the, that the introduction, is, uh, yeah. the the complete opening setup, I didn't love. It wasn't terrible, but I didn't love it. But after that, and then for like the next half hour, yeah. I thought the movie really like kind of pulled me in pretty well. Yeah. And <clears> then <throat> I think the more that it's uh, just following Chris Pine's investigation, right. mostly, and uh, when it starts going seriously into the past and stuff, and I think giving like way too much detail for no reason 
about the past. Like, um, there's a, a, for me, and I mean, not that I'm prude or anything, right? But there's a hell of a lot of seeing Thandie Newton's boobs and right. watching them have sex in the past for like really no reason. Like, mm-hmm. what is this actually doing? Except I just want people to be having sure. sex in my movie. Right. Like, gonna... it's not actually interesting. Right. It's them having sex 20 years ago that I don't actually need to know about for right. anything. Right. You could just say we were lovers right. in the past. Show and, them laying in bed. And that's, oh. all I've, that, that's all I'm getting out of that <laughs> anyway, right? Yeah. Um, but so the thing is like, uh, so we talked about the, you talked about that. It's this, you know, plane gets hijacked, yada, yada. And it's the spies trying to stop it. And the intelligence station of the agency, whatever, trying to stop it and things go wrong and you know, yada, yada. Right. And now it's 20 years later and we come back and Chris Pine's boss is like, Hey, let's investigate that again because... I need, a, I need a story. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the thing is almost like you say, Hey, isn't it a little suspicious that she just left and we better investigate her and make sure blah, yeah. blah, blah. So now he goes around and like starts this whole new investigation into it. And he's got to talk to the other people who are in the station so that he can have this stupid run in with Jonathan price. (laughs) And he's got to uh, get everyone's story straight from that day and what phone call happened here and there and yada, yada and all this stuff. Right. Oh, the phone records. And, but he's doing like this (laughs) whole investigation, which basically leads to now I have to talk to her and figure out if I, you know, if I think it's her and, you know, all this stuff that happens, right? And like I said, I won't completely spoil it, but basically what happens in the end is that he knows all the answers the whole time. Right. Which it's like you can't, it's like watching Lost, right? You can't right. start watching it again, right? right? If you right. start watching this movie again, yeah, you'd be like, what the hell's going on? Right. Like, none of this makes any sense. Uh, nothing that he does makes any sense. Even if he's going through the motions because he has to pretend to be doing an investigation. Right. I mean, he doesn't, and he doesn't have to say any of the things and he that he do says these to motions. people. And, right. right. This, would, this, yeah. is, this would not be his right. run-up cover. Yeah. He would not have to go to this restaurant right. in the first place. The whole thing just like completely falls apart, and you're like, what in the hell yeah. did I just watch? Right. So anything, you know, the good parts of it, watching it come along... It's just like I thought somehow the, it was a trick. Right. At the, I'm like, you were going to get double tricked. Right. I thought it was going to be Me like, too. aha, it's this, but no way. It's actually, and, I'm, and then it's like, nope, it's over. You know I'm what? Like, what? You know what? It, you know, I, and I actually thought maybe I should watch the credits because maybe the double trick is at the end. Wouldn't that be the trick? I think, without sounding so cynical, the movie hopes that its audience, again, I'm saying it's our parents or our grandparents, which is now pushing things because we're right, getting old. Sure. But I think what it's hoping for is that audience falls asleep before the end <laughs> and somebody goes, how did that end? I don't want to watch the whole thing again because they don't know how to fast forward. And they say, oh, this is the thing. And they're like, oh, wow. Right. And you, That was a good movie. For, or you I'm going to tell my son attention. about that. It's really weird. Yeah. Except that the movie thinks that it's really it smart. It thinks it's smart. And it's doing something and awesome. I'm glad. Because sometimes so we weird, disagree on this right? thing. Because I'll say something I think is, you know, I always feel like if I'm a hard sell for pretentious filmmaking. I think right. I give people a lot of benefit. Like maybe they just thought this seemed pretentious. Yeah, so yeah. it's good that. 
you're like, yeah, I, yeah, this, I see it. You this know? is a movie that thinks Man, it all what? comes together and is genius at right. the end. Kaiser Soze, you and know? It's, right. And, like, and no, it's like, no. no. All right. Uh, but at least it's, at least it's, I, I will say this, you are, you're 100% right. For that first half hour or so, minus the, I mean, the opening where it's like something is amiss and then they right, show the plane right. and stuff, I, whatever, that's fine. But that first half hour was intriguing. Like yeah. I was, I was kind that of. That first hook. half hour was part of a much better movie. But at least it's a fast movie, and, it, and it seems up. to move yeah. a, a bit quicker. So yeah. anyway, all right. Uh, so <laughs> avoid that one, yeah. frankly. And uh, so ambulance, and uh, I, I assume everyone knows what happens in this movie, right? So it's not like we have to <laughs> right. uh, do too much of an explanation, right? Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is bank robber. If you watch the trailers. Um, and so here's this again that people have asked us about. I, I think if you watch the trailer right. for this movie, you get exactly that movie. I do too. You're uh, yeah. you're not getting surprised. If you watch this trailer and you think you're going to have a good time watching this movie, you know, you're probably going to love this movie, I guess. Yeah. Uh, because I watched the trailer and I thought, oh my God, stab myself in, in the eyes. Yeah. Um, but it's Jake <laughs> Gyllenhaal, who I really like uh, in general. Uh, you yeah. know, ever since Donnie Darko, right? <laughs> I have liked Jake Gyllenhaal. Like everything he's in, everything I've seen him in, yeah. I feel like he is. Uh, he's an he's an actor in a way that a lot of people aren't. I think like he uh, really just you know he's like Nick Cage. Even when Nick Cage is making like a stupid movie, I was gonna say it's like he's <laughs> in. You know, like he's he, he's showing up and he's doing whatever you want him to. Right? He, he rem- not to jump in quick, but he reminds me because it's very recent. He is the flip side to the same coin that Jared Leto is on for me. Yeah. They, they both show up and they do 150 percent of what right. they're doing. I think sometimes Jared Leto goes really in the wrong direction. Goes really and wrong. Jake yeah. is. But I will say this about both of them, whether I like their performance or not. They are hyper committed right, to right. it. And when they come in, what you get is what they're giving right, you. Right. And in this instance, man, he's, he's and, there. And I think, I think in a very weird way. Um, but yeah, the Nick Cage I, thing, I really yeah. don't like this movie, right? <laughs> I, st- I still really appreciate Jake Gyllenhaal yeah. in yeah. because his character is utterly goofy, right? right? But right. I'm like, look, man, that's what Michael Bay is telling him to do. And that's what he's doing. Yeah. And he is like given that exactly right right uh anyway so they uh jake gyllenhaal's bank robber they go to rob this bank his like estranged adopted brother shows up right before they're about to go rob this bank right and uh jake gyllenhaal you know (laughs) all professional bank robber that he is yeah says here's a person i didn't know was coming or (laughs) or (laughs) whatever I don't know. So he gets like roped into doing this thing. Uh, the whole thing goes wrong because the cops knew they were coming the whole time. Right. So, uh, I mean, the cops are just laying in wait. Uh, in I missed a, that too. I don't know how they knew, but they knew. Yeah, they knew I because they uh, they know who he is and he robs banks. And at least got a lot so, of banks. Some sort of chatter that they picked oh, up okay. or whatever. They had a they had a tracker on his other car that yeah, he didn't that bring. They didn't, right. So I knew uh, that. So, so they were like at the beginning. dialed in. At the beginning, they're like, no, they're already here. Well, what about the car? Well, he didn't take that, but I think okay. they're already in there. Okay. And, you know, yada, yada. Yeah. Okay. So they, they totally had <laughs> planned to take him down, whatever. Um, 
And so it all goes wrong, and their only hope of escape is jumping in this ambulance. And now they drive this ambulance for like 90 minutes right? Uh, of movie anyway. Yeah. God knows how long it's supposed to be in right. real time. But <laughs> uh, so they drive, and that, and you know, hilarity ensues. That's the whole movie. It's like giant chase all over LA where they're with you. Right. right. Like you're not escaping. Right. They're just following you right. the whole time. And and that's the movie. And then crashes and drones and helicopter yeah. chases and Yeah. Michael Bayisms. Goofy things come in. Um and <laughs> and you know, I have to say, like I like I said, I appreciate Jake Gyllenhaal in this movie. Because really, and, and you know, frankly, most people who are in the movie, I think. Yeah, yeah, Abdul were, Mateen's pretty good in the film were, too. Uh, really real. Doing what they're supposed yep. to be doing. Just what they're supposed to be doing is insanely stupid, right? <laughs> um, but before I go into too much stuff, uh, I gave it a one. Uh, I, I, I hated everything. Oh, I hated everything about the movie. Uh, I got that wrong. Including um, what I most hated about the movie was it's there are actually like three different things happening in this movie. And I would say it's three different movies right. competing to be in the same movie, but only two of them are movies, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. One of them is just uh, weird. And, you know, Michael Bay is famous for his cameratics, but in this one, he takes it up like a whole other level. In this one, it's like almost some sort of VR experience that it's trying to be. While the drones take footage in the weirdest flipping ways even for him even for his cameratics they're so weird and a lot of the time they are so obviously weird drones right that it just like snaps you right out of the movie like it's not even a drone with a movie camera on it anymore it's just a drone zipping around like if you're watching like drone races or something it's like so nutty but the two movies right are one of them is trying to be so insanely serious yeah. that there is no more serious to be right. It's There's the most none. serious. You're, it's like yeah. it's like the movie is uh, yeah, you know, looking down <laughs> on Dog Day Afternoon or something. Right? Going, you think you're serious? <laughs> I'll show you what a real house looks like. And the other movie, yeah. Is like everything is so <laughs> cheesy and stupid and like the the dumb things that like all the dumb cliches of like a bank movie or an action movie or something like that, like just taken to another level. Right. Right. I mean, it's like people make fun of movies where everyone shoots a thousand rounds of ammunition and no one can hit anything. Right. And this has <laughs> like, you know, Four dozen people uh-huh. in like one, uh, just like outside the bank. Right. And all of them have assault <laughs> rifles, like automatic rifles. Yeah. And no one can hit anything. Not like a thing, right? They can't hit the building. A lot of metal. They, they can't like, hardly yeah. hit the cars. And as if that's not bad enough, because we're going back to like 50s Western movies and the oh, yeah. dumbass yeah. shit that happens. Everything in this movie that anyone can stand behind yeah. is bulletproof. Right. It will like stop a bullet. Like but you could hide behind a magazine rack in I, this <laughs> and you're safe. You're it's like in front of a chain link fence and right. you're just protected. It's like the bullets are insane. 
and no one can hit anything. And even though it's early on, you know, when uh, when he shoots the cop in the leg, right. I was like, how many how many is that going to take before he hits that leg? Right, like he's right. headed right next to him. But I mean, it's so it's like if you make fun of Star Wars and stormtroopers not being able to right. hit anything, you know, you're not allowed to do that. This anymore. looks like a Marshall's, like- <laughs> you know, shootout. It's funny because there's the scene when they come out of the bank and that's, you know, the big, we want to be Michael Mann instead of Michael Bay in Heat. We want to have right, this big right. shootout in downtown LA. And the cop who encourages his his partner to go in and ask this girl out, he's seeking cover behind everything, like cars. Right. And Michael Bay loves the noise that we, at least it's, you know, I, I've never been shot at, you know, so I don't know what real bullets going through metal sound like, but it's the movie sound of gunshots through cars. Right. And he loves it because the cop is like hiding and it doesn't matter where he moves in the car. The bullets are four inches away from him everywhere, but never piercing where he's at. And if he moves a foot the other direction, well, four inches off that. Right. Like it's perfectly silhouetting him. And I'm watching it, and I'm like, "Oh, Michael Bay! It's like a, Come it's like on. a magician doing like a knife throwing <laughs> right act yeah. or whatever. So <laughs> the bullet holes just pop up like all around him. I kind of thought I had, I thought you were gonna like this movie like a hundred percent more than I did. So I, I written, I had written down your score as a two. Um, I gave it a one, and it's all Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Uh, it's yeah, lucky to get Martin it. and uh, Isa Gonzalez, the the three main characters, basically. Um, I think they do a great job. Yeah. It's just they're in a really bad movie. And the movie is just from top to bottom. The the fun of this kind of film isn't necessarily to talk about ambulance. Um except for the sort of footnote stuff that it's worth talking about. Like for when I was my girlfriend doesn't love movies. She likes them. So she's like, what are you and Mark going to go see? And I'm like, we want to see the new Michael Bay film. She's like, which one is that? I'm like, okay, right. Yeah, I get it. It's Ambulance. And I keep saying it funny. It's Ambulance. But I keep wanting to stress the L.A. Right. that they that they wittifully, you know, right. put into the title because it's in L.A. Freeway. So Ambulance. And she's like, oh, yeah. Oh. And I'm like, you know what's really funny about the film? And I'm telling her what I know you already know is that it's a remake of a right, Finnish right. film, no, a Danish film. It's a Danish film called Ambulance. And it's like 15 years old and it's the same plot. It's uh, two brothers do a heist and the heist goes wrong and they're trying to <clears throat> trying to get away in an ambulance while saving, you know, somebody's life. Okay. In in the right hands, you know, 15 years ago, we're talking Jan de Bont you know, speed territory. This film would have lit up. Like, it would have been great. Oh, right, even, right. even if Michael Bay had done it. That movie is, if I remember right, I think it's, it might be 80 minutes long. I think it's 75 minutes, 80 minutes long. This movie is an hour longer. Right. Almost to the moment. And my girlfriend, <clears throat> she just looks at me and she goes, so a lot of explosions. Yeah. And I'm like, right. Michael Bay is somehow going to improve on this film. Now, I don't, I don't know if the original won any awards, but he is going to improve on this film in an hour's worth of time with just camera angles and nausea. I think, you know, he must be watching movies, but it certainly feels like someone just gave Michael Bay a drone and then like an iPhone Right, and was right. like, you see the shaky cam you can get? Right. This is authentic. And look at this footage. And, you know, the third time I see the drones do their drone footage, 
I'm watching it. I'm like, also, Michael Bay has been watching, you know, ESPN, the Ocho right. to see adult drone racing league. Right. Because I have a drone. And as soon as I got it and I was flying it around, I'm like, this is this is actually really fun. And it's interesting. And I saw that on TV one night and I watched it and I and they put these little cameras on the noses of them. They fly through the air. And I'm like, oh, man, I legitimately yeah. remember saying this. Yeah. I hope filmmakers don't start doing this right. because it might be good for a TIE fighter scene, but it's not good for like your average helicopter thing. Here we go. Michael Bay didn't double down. He quadrupled down on all of it. And what he seems to be doing is making a movie that he is very interested in and his success up until now you could say box office wise let's let him do whatever he wants because he's tapping into something for somebody he basically is just making demo reels of footage with cameras right at at one point when there isn't something expository happening with the story I got into a trick and I couldn't get out of it and it was driving me nuts. I'm watching the film because there were so many shortcuts that were happening. <clears throat> I started counting off how many seconds between the cut breaks. Right. So Jake is screaming about something because even though he doesn't do a bunch of cocaine before we see him acting, and I don't mean Jake Gyllenhaal, I mean the character, right. the brother. He just seems like he's so coked up. Like right. he's turning around, he's screaming about flamingos. He's like, you're in, you're out, you're in. Hug me, kiss me, let's go. Ah. Like he's just super everywhere. I'm, I'm watching this and I'm like, okay, there's no more than five seconds between any cut at all. And I'm watching a film, a scene, and I'm going, one, two, cut. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't stop doing it now. <laughs> and it was so weirdly jarring to have a story told in such nausea-making cinematography He's got his typical Michael Bay stuff, but he actually sort of walks away from so much of what made him a good music video director and a fine action film guy where these worm eye shots of down at people's angles looking up with the scenery kind of tilted and the sun's blaring somewhere behind somebody is very visually striking. But here it's just all very weirdly convoluted. So between all of those gripes, between the cop who never bleeds out who is always <laughs> bleeding out. Right. The guy's got more blood in him than any human being ever alive. Um, between the good performances, the bad storytelling, the weirdly affected relationship that they have as brothers where he keeps telling him, it's a great line for a movie, but he's like, have I ever gotten into anything I couldn't get you out of? And I'm like, dude, you got helicopters everywhere. You got 500 cops behind you. Right. You guys are so worried about saving this one cop's life because if he dies, then, uh-oh, we're in trouble. Right. You, you, I hope you talk about carrying all the money out. But well, you got all this money. You got all these cops. You're, you got all these cops you're killing behind you. Like, you're right. just causing car crashes after car. But we got to keep this cop alive. Like, he's the golden. I, I, I don't understand anything that's happening. And on top of all that, your Michael Bayness isn't working. Right. The Michael Bayness of your Michael Bay talent just isn't there anymore. And, and and you know, I think one of the biggest things of the movie is that that part about keeping this cop alive yeah. and whatever sort of escape, you know, they think right. might somehow happen or whatever, it all falls apart when the movie is too long yeah. and we're too far and it, it can't actually work anymore. And the only way it can work is if our two bad guys just basically ignore it right? and go, we don't have to think about anything or whatever because they are, you know, in the first like five minutes of this chase or something, yeah. 
Like if they can somehow get, get away, away, right? They, get they might chance. get away, right. right? But now we're driving this thing for ninety minutes. There's like four helicopters. Yeah. There's a, a apparently like two hundred and fifty right. cop cars because yeah. we keep it. It's like the Duke's a hazard with how many cars we destroy <laughs> and all this stuff. Yeah. And, and yet there's more there's showing up more. all the time, yeah. right? Um, but it when it goes on so far, it's like there is no out to this anymore right. unless they can disappear and live on the run right. forever, right? right? I mean, right. Uh, unless the $16 million they have can just last yeah. them until they do another one or right. do something. But, like, they can't go home. I mean, they yeah. know who they are. Right. And it all gets so goofily, you know, muddled in with their, we just, you know, we just have to survive this moment now. Right. We'll worry about what's right. coming later. But all of it is so nonsensically goofy. All the stuff that cops do is mostly stupid and makes yeah. no sense and isn't anything a cop would do. You have to imagine that the original movie, like, had some sort of sense behind it. Right. Like, like, how could we at least be pretending that we're going to get out of this? Right. And how is it at least somewhat realistic yeah. that we might? Right. And, like, what the cops do and what the cops don't do because the cop is alive in the back and there's the EMT in the back that they don't want to get hurt. And, right. like, what would they do versus what wouldn't they do versus, you know, how many people are dying on the highway mm -hmm. and how many cops are getting killed. Like, it just... all it, the whole thing is just a whole bunch of, I don't care. I have these drones right? and I want to film whatever it's, it is I want to film. Yeah. And then they get in with like this kind of cartel people. Yeah. Right. And that whole thing doesn't make a lick of sense. That for should like, have been episode five. <laughs> right. It should have been like an eight episode series. None of it makes any sense. Yeah. The whole thing about the multiple ambulances only yeah. makes sense if it's like maybe the 70s. Right. And it would be hard to track right. seven. Like seven ambulances pull out and the cops go, and? I mean, okay. like we can't find 20 like of you go to that see one. Them. Yeah. I mean, it's like 20 of us will stay on this one. It, you know? Yeah. It's all very goofy. And everything that everything that happens is is so clearly just it doesn't matter. It's just what I want to film. Right. Including, and this is like my pet peeve that I'm going to keep talking about forever, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> they they make it out uh, like it just pisses me off, and I, I and I don't know why. It's just you know you get your pet peeves, and it doesn't matter. That's it. Their story is that they have 16 million dollars because they have two duffel bags. <laughs> Full of cash, I love right? This part, yeah. Sixteen million dollars would not fit in that whole ambulance. Uh -huh. uh -huh. <laughs> I'm like, why do they have to do that at the beginning of this? When they're going, they have all these guys, and they start out, and they're like, "There's thirty six million dollars. We're going to steal it." And nobody goes, "That's not a possible thing, right? How many dump trucks are you bringing? <laughs> you, you, yeah. you need like five vans, right? right? <laughs> like right. that's." But they load up their duffel bags, <laughs> and and the whole time they're like, "There's eight million dollars in each of these duffel bags." Right. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know what they want to do with it anymore because you know I don't know inflation and right. we have to make movies right and we we have to steal an amount of money that is reasonable to steal, and I'm like, you got to start stealing stuff that's worth eight million dollars, right? And not eight million dollars, right? Because uh, you know. I encourage everyone to Google this. I am right? going to uh, a, a million dollars in hundreds right. is like a four foot cube. 
right? It's of a pallet of it, money. It's it, huge. Right. It's giant. It's enormous, right? And no one's walking around with this money. I'm going to write a screenplay where the bank heist, you know, the robbery is basically like for $50 million. And the guy walks out with 50 $1 million bills. I'm going to be like, this is for you. <laughs> right. It's got it's got these dumb things that you just, I, I expected from Michael Bay, you know, in that bank heist scene, uh, one of the guys who, in a, in a typical Michael Bay ignorant move gives everybody their little quirk this guy shows up to rob a bank in birkenstocks right okay he's the hippy dippy one he he gets you know spoiler if you care about this or birkenstocks but he gets run over by a truck okay like really early really really early on and he's his legs are mangled and one of his buddies uh trying to get to the getaway car the getaway van pulls him out and you see how mangled his legs are and birkenstocks says in an almost very humorous way, what did you do to my legs? Right. The other, the other thing that is uh, the cam, the EMT, is working on the dead, dying cop. Excuse me, not dead, dying cop. And she says something like, "Well, I, you know, I don't even know how to do this. I wish, you know, we had more tools." And Jake Gyllenhaal's response is, "Well, I wish I didn't have herpes, but we got to go with what we right, got." Right. Right. And this is like a selling point. You know, this right. is also if. Now I'm caring more about the film than the film really expects me to care about it. But if the same character who within 90 minutes of robbing this bank and putting a gun to somebody's head and saying, I'm going to shoot you to death live on TV, is the same guy who was showing off cars and just talking, you, you don't get what's happening here. The film calls you stupid. The film hopes that you're stupid enough to don't not realize that you're being called stupid and it just hopes that what you will do is recognize with very few exceptions that michael bay is always style over substance right and you know part of the fun in any conversation like this for me isn't like what else can we shed on about ambulance it's so what's your favorite michael bay film because i think that might tell me something you know (laughs) you know is it is it bad boys which is probably permissible or is it the rock or a transformers film whatever but this film it's taken up too much oxygen and and you know like uh, before we uh, jump off of this movie like you know you were uh, talking about the demo reels and there are a lot of parts in this movie (laughs) that you know frankly i just kind of wish Right, that people going to see this movie would hate a little bit more yeah. about what's in the movie, even if it's fun and they like it. Because there's a there's the one part especially. There are several parts in this movie, but there's the one part especially when they drive into the river. I, yeah, and the helicopters yep. start chasing them, <laughs> and you know the chief police guy is like, "I buzz them, go down right there, and just get right on them and right. everything." And there's two helicopters and they're flying like under the bridge yeah. and they're doing yeah. this and that. And we're all watching it from like drone cameras that are like spinning around in a circle around the helicopters. And yep. every bit of that thing is just some effects right. places demo reel. Demo reel. That they're like, these are the things we could do. And then they, you know, at one part of it, you know, I don't know. They You're like, going to talk about they, what I'm they, about they to jump in on. in the the ambulance at the bottom of the screen and go see they're sitting there and he gets out. And so he can shoot at the helicopters, but the whole thing is like, actually has nothing to do with the movie. Not a thing at all. Just let me show you what I can do. It's just, uh, it's just like Michael Bay going, I don't know, people like roller coasters and they don't have a story. So why do I have to have a story? (laughs) There's one, there's one stunt there that I did appreciate. It's the timing of a drone that somebody 
with a better math degree than I'll ever have, figured out how to zoom alongside a car that was about to jump over the drone before it extends into an explosion. Oh, right. And I was right, like, right. I looked at that and I went, I hate this movie, but that was kind of cool. That, that was pretty cool. And right. goddamn Michael Bay for getting me to be like, all right, that was kind of cool. Right. I, you know. And there there are occasionally like some things that yeah. I that I didn't hate about it. And especially actually before we go, I, I want to mention um because I, I constantly forget his name, but it's Garrett Dillahunt. Is uh, he's the guy who plays like the he's not the chief of police, no, but, but he he's was the like leader the of like the Yeah, he's like the yeah the leader of the group that was that's tracking him he's the guy knew with the he dog. was coming he, yeah he's some okay. sort of like in charge guy yeah he was on uh fear of the walking dead yep. uh pretty recently and he's been in all kinds he's of all stuff kind, he's yeah. been in he's a around. couple of really cool sitcoms i really like him yeah. actually as an actor yeah but in this movie it is a weird kind of thing because there's so many bad parts to it and so few positives that you're trying to get out of watching it right yeah and, but I will tell you, I I liked him, even though his character is kind of stupid at times. Right. But you got him and the mobile command unit. Yeah, I'm like, man, I'd watch that series. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> it's just That'd be fun. It's just him, right? And and the yeah. the woman <laughs> who is in charge of like this, we can track everything, right. and we can. She was good. Get in charge of all the cameras. We can take over yeah. the stoplights and do all this stuff. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I got this and this, and I'm gonna <laughs> take over this helicopter's camera so I can see this and and them, you know, bantering back and forth right. when. Other people in the movie banter and it's really stupid. And it's like dumb. Jake Gyllenhaal has lines, right. like you said, where it's like, oh, come on with this line. But they had actually right. like a kind of a thing going and yeah. they didn't know each other before. Right. So they're meeting each other and harassing yeah. each other and stuff. And that I'm like, way better. I watched that show. Way better than the banter. They decide to drop an FBI agent who knows Jake Gyllenhaal's character from like high school. Or college, rather, right, right. into the film an hour in. And right. they are supposed to have like familial banter. And I'm like, you guys don't know each other. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, oh, man, what know. a turd. I don't know. It was uh, <sighs> horrible and didn't end for way too long. And not only that, but uh, this is not a movie that is in any way allowed to let me go. Uh, how long is this movie while yeah, I'm watching it? Right? right. If it can do nothing else. It should at least be able to right. do it with the kind of like speed of a movie where yeah. I'm not like looking at my watch going, <laughs> what in the hell else Another could happen? Another hour? Oh my right. God. And then they, yeah. so they pull in with their ambulance <laughs> yeah. to the, these like cartel, whoever, whatever criminal people he right. connects with or whatever. They escape. They do the stupid thing where they paint the oh, yeah. ambulance, which I don't understand how that's supposed to make any sense or what his plan was about that or what right. it's supposed to mean. It was completely nonsensical. I yeah. don't know. Paint the ambulance. And that's a thing. Yeah. But they actually pull into the thing, and I'm like, oh, my God, how much of this can be left? Yeah. Well, now we have to have a whole thing with them, yeah. and who knows what is where we're going to end up after that. But I'm like, oh, my. I was thinking this needs to be over. And they call in to the people and say, go get these ambulances, and we're going to do a thing, right? Yeah. And then it's like forever until we get right. to that. So right. every next minute that goes by, I'm like, how long before we at least get to that? Right. And it's dragging it's and ages. slow and horrible. Yeah. Anyway. Skip that. Uh, so skip all these movies and uh, <laughs> and save your theater money for some upcoming stuff that yeah. is a lot better. Right. Um, yeah. I just can't believe 
how, but I at least expected to get like kind of a four. I was going to say even out of this or I, I figured we'd be talking about it like in the in the realm of Michael Bay movies. This is still a six, but in real films, it's a four. Right. One of those things, man. No. No. <laughs> yeah, we have no. we have no recommendations for you other than to watch TV. Right. And if you uh, theoretically like all the old knives. Slow Horses is now on Apple oh. and uh, with Gary Oldman yeah. and it's the whole spy thing. Yeah. And that show is cool. So start watching that right. instead of Here we <laughs> instead go. of going to that. Uh, we'll see you next week with, uh, I'm sure, Fantastic Beasts at least. And yeah. uh, we'll see what else. But thanks for tuning in. Yeah. And uh, tell all your friends and neighbors and harass people right. and tell them to listen <laughs> to the show. Right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hey listeners, on behalf of myself and Shane Leonard, we want to thank you for tuning in once again. The Are You Screening podcast is brought to you by areyouscreening.com and a lot of wonderful people who help us out. Surf over to areyouscreening.podbean.com or areyouscreening.com to find out how you can become one of them. All music used in our podcast is courtesy Andrew Lord. Once again, please, please, please subscribe, rate us on iTunes, review us on iTunes, and otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Good night.